to the Heartbeat of the Pro-Life Ministry podcast. My name is Beth Bissonette, and I've been an executive director of a pregnancy resource center for a really long time. If you have a heart for the lives of the preborn and for women in unplanned pregnancies, then I hope to educate, motivate, and inspire you, the pro-life believer, so that you can help to save and change lives for life and for Christ. Let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm not going to speak so much about the pro-life ministry as I am about having a pro-life belief in conversation. A few listeners of this podcast have asked me, how do I have those difficult conversations about abortion with people who aren't pro-life? In episode 23 of this podcast, I shared six helpful points to consider when sharing your pro-life belief with an abortion advocate. So you may want to go back and listen to that episode You can do that now, or you can do that after you listen to this one. That is episode 23. You may want to have some paper and a pen uh, with you for this episode if you want to take some notes. I'm also going to put a great resource into the show notes for this with a link so that you can check out the website for the Life Training Institute. They share much more information about the method that I'm going to share with you in this episode. Today, I'm going to focus on this one method to show the humanity and the value of the preborn. This method, it, it doesn't use scripture or talk about God, because if you're speaking with someone who rejects the Bible as the word of God and maybe doesn't even believe in God, scripture will likely cause them just to, to shut you down and they're going to reject anything that you have to say. If you're able to share scripture later in the conversation, That's wonderful because God's word does not return void. But I suggest you start off using logic. It will likely at least get them to listen to you and consider what you're saying. Later in this episode, I'll share some thoughts with you about how to look at abortion with a Christian perspective when it comes to a very certain topic. I'll get into that later. But first, let's talk about this SLED method which uses logic to instill the humanity and the value of the preborn. SLED is an acronym. S equals size. L equals level of development. E equals environment. And D equals degree of dependency. SLED is the way to remember these these four things. Now, not every conversation, no matter how clever the talking points or the clarity of thought, will lead to a change of heart for the abortion advocate. We all know that. But when we, you and I, are confident and have the conversation tools like this, we're more likely to succeed and we have less fear about having these conversations. When talking with an abortion advocate, we need to keep in mind that abortion is a moral issue. It is a moral wrong. And we need to keep that in focus. Let's, let's look at this in three different points. 
Number one, intentionally taking the life of an innocent human being is a moral wrong. Number two, elective abortion intentionally takes the life of an innocent human being. Number three, therefore, elective abortion is a moral wrong. Although the abortion advocate can bring all manner of issues into the conversation, like a woman's right, abuse and neglect. What about the case of rape? Abortion is and always will be a moral issue because it takes the life of an innocent human being. We need to make that our focus, no matter what they bring into the conversation. The abortion advocate may deny that the preborn are human beings at all and say that they're definitely not persons. They try to skirt the moral issue by denying the preborn have any value because they're not human beings. The abortion advocate may agree that the preborn are human because they're not cows or ducks, but they may say that they're not human beings or human persons. This is why the SLED method is important to show that the preborn are human beings, just like you and me. They're just smaller, less developed, located in a different place, and dependent on other human beings to help them. All right, let's get into the specifics of the SLED method. S stands for size. The human fetus is smaller than the four-week-old newborn. The four-week-old newborn is smaller than the four-year-old child. And the four-year-old child is smaller than the 40-year-old adult. Does the size of the four-year-old child mean that they have less value or that they are less human than the 40-year-old adult? Of course not. Are we really going to say that a 200-pound man has more value than the 120 pound woman because he's larger. No. Therefore, the size of the preborn doesn't change its humanness or its value. L stands for level of development. An adolescent is less developed than an adult, yet both are equally human. Should we take the life of a handicapped child? because their brain is less developed than that of a child without the handicap? Does the handicap make that child less human or less valuable? No matter what the level of development is, they still have the same value because they're human beings. This premise of value based on level of development makes it about what we are capable of doing instead of what we are, human beings. Let's take this uh, uh, just a step further. There's been a lot of focus recently on the topic of AI, artificial intelligence. If a robot can eventually do what a human can do, will it give the robot more value than a human being? Because let's say it knows more about rocket science than you do. Does it make it more valuable? No. The level of development 
will never make the robot a human being. And a human is always human, no matter their level of development. E stands for environment. It's true that the preborn are in a different location than the newborn. But does that change in location, change the humanness or the value of one over the other? Just because the preborn is inside the womb does not determine its humanness. If a baby is born premature, for instance, at 26 weeks, and has to spend a significant amount of time living in an incubator. The location of that baby does not determine its humanness or its value. The baby in the womb is not any different than the baby in the incubator, except for where it is, where it's located. Let's say you walk through the doors of a hospital. Does that automatically make you a patient? No, you could be a nurse walking through the door or you could be a visitor of a patient walking through the door. When you go into that hospital, it doesn't make you a patient necessarily. Where you are does not determine what you are. D stands for degree of dependency. So this argument is about viability. If the fetus is not viable outside of the womb, does that mean he or she is less human? The four-week-old infant is completely dependent on someone to take care of him. The person who's under anesthesia during surgery is completely dependent on someone else to take care of them. What about a diabetic person who needs insulin to survive or kidney dialysis? Is it morally right to take the life of any of these human beings just because they are dependent on something or someone else for their survival? No, there's no ethical difference between the preborn dependent on the protection of the womb for survival and the newborn who is still dependent outside of the womb for survival. How does a journey through the birth canal change that person's value? It doesn't. When you're having these conversations, you need to always focus on the fact that the innocent preborn is a valuable human being, no matter their size, their level of development, their environment, or their degree of dependency. Because these are the only ways the newborn differs from the preborn. And none of these differences disqualify him or her from being fully human and valuable. All right, so let's look at a common abortion advocate's argument. They will bring in the argument of rape. They will say that abortion should be acceptable in all cases of rape because a woman shouldn't be forced to have a rapist's baby. First, of course, we always acknowledge the trauma faced by any woman who's had this experience of violence perpetrated against her. It is never her fault. The only one who is to blame, the only one who should be punished, 
is the rapist who is guilty of committing this atrocity. If a conception occurs, the human being conceived is not guilty of doing anything wrong. The preborn human being is innocent of any wrongdoing. Why should the preborn baby pay with their life for the violent act perpetrated by the rapist? No one will be allowed to gun down and kill the rapist in an act of vengeance or justice for the violence of that rape. They're guilty, but we wouldn't be able to kill them. So why is it okay to take the life of the innocent, preborn human being? Remember that SLED provides you with the logic that the preborn is a human being. And there's no way to advocate that the preborn, even though conceived in an act of rape, is in any way guilty of the crime and should pay with their very life. If a woman doesn't want to parent that baby, making an adoption plan is a very viable option for her. Although nine months of pregnancy after a rape seems like an interminable amount of time, and that amount of time can seem like the only thing that it will do is remind her of that violent act of rape. But the choice for life and making an adoption plan empowers her and gives her the opportunity to go forward in life knowing that she chose what was best for another human being, namely her baby. Not to mention the blessing received by the adoptive couple and family. Now, I want to add a few things for you, my Christian brother or sister, because there's a lot more to consider for those of us who belong to the family of God. I've had many conversations over the years with Christians who say that abortion in the case of rape is okay. I understand that it it feels like condoning this option is being compassionate to the woman who was raped. As we've already addressed, does the way the preborn human being was conceived make him or her any less of a human being? No, it doesn't. So I want you to ask yourself, is that preborn human being conceived in rape less valuable? What do you think about that? The preborn is always innocent and not guilty of the crime, even though they were conceived in the violence of rape. Number two, the Bible, God's word, is clear that God is the creator of every human being. He opens and closes the womb. Read Psalm 139. Verse 13 says, you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So let me ask you this. Does God ever make mistakes? Do you believe that God is sovereign? Does God ever goof up? Well, in my opinion, the answer is no. God never makes mistakes. So if he creates a human being, even though we may not understand why he would do that in an act of rape, 
Who are we to say, okay, God, I know you didn't mean to do this. You made a mistake in creating this baby. So we're going to fix it for you and for this woman by encouraging her to have an abortion and abort her baby that you created because you made a mistake. Could we really be any more arrogant? How can we ever say it's okay to take the life of an innocent, pre-born, defenseless baby created by God? I want to quickly share Rebecca's, a little bit of Rebecca's story with you. Rebecca was adopted. And when she came of age, 18 or 20, she went in search of her birth mother. And she found a birth mother. And her birth mother told her, that she was conceived through an act of rape. And her birth mother sought out an abortion and for various reasons, obviously, didn't get that abortion. Now, Rebecca is a Christian. She serves God in her life in various different ways. Imagine what it's like for Rebecca when she hears people say that babies conceived in rape should be aborted, that they have no value, Now, imagine what that would feel like for her. Take it one step further and imagine that her brothers and sisters in Christ are saying that to her. Other Christians are saying babies who are conceived in rape should be aborted. You're talking to Rebecca. You're saying that her life has no value because she was conceived in rape. How can we say that to anybody? But that's exactly what we're saying to every person walking the earth, who was conceived through an act of rape, that they have no value and their life should have been ended before they were even born. Is that compassionate? Is that loving toward them? As Christians, I know it seems like abortion is the compassionate, loving thing to provide for the rape victim, but it actually turns the preborn baby into a victim to the point of death for something that they're innocent of. As a Christian, don't get caught in that trap, that way of thinking. Number three, you may be thinking as a Christian, hey, Jesus gave up his life for the life of everyone else, for the life of me and you. So why is it wrong to think that the baby should give up its life for the love and comfort of its mother. If Jesus gave up his life, isn't it okay that the baby should give up theirs? Well, there's one major difference. Jesus gave up his life willingly because he knew that he was paying the price for our sin. He was aware and conscious of his act of love. Is the preborn baby willingly consciously giving up its life for another? No, she or he doesn't have the ability to speak up or acknowledge what's even happening. That's not a choice he or she is making, but that's a choice that we are making for them. And that's no choice at all. Okay, I know I've given you a lot today. A lot of info, a lot of food for thought. I hope that it was helpful. And I would love to hear what you, what you think 
about this episode and past episodes. I would love to hear your questions. What would you like me to address on this podcast? So please feel free to shoot me an email. Hello at the heartbeatpodcast.net is where you can find me. Hello at the heartbeatpodcast.net. Now today I want to ask you to do me a favor. If you're listening on Spotify, can you please just click that little star on the podcast page and give this podcast a rating and also click on follow to follow the podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, could you please just write a quick short review and follow the podcast there? These things really help this podcast to be found by others. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And remember, your life is precious.